Chapter Twenty Seven of the Boy Scouts Through the Big Timber. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Kenneth Sergeant Gagan. The Boy Scouts Through the Big Timber by Herbert Carter. Chapter Twenty Seven. Well Earned Rest and Conclusion. Welcome indeed was the sight of the two familiar tents with a cheery campfire blazing in front. Mike and Molly, the two pack mules, browsing nearby, and the three boys who had been left in charge caught in the act of cooking dinner. It was just high noon on that day when the Thad led his little Victoria squad out of the brush and in the sight of camp. What an uproarious welcome awaited them, the three boys who had begun to grow heavy-hearted with the suspense from long waiting and watching, vied with each other in trying to see who could make the most noise, and give the greatest assortment of yells intended to take the place of a welcome. Why, even the astonished mules looked up and hee-hawed to the beat of the band, as Giraffe declared. And when Bob White, Smithy, and Davy Jones discovered that sure enough their comrades were fetching a pair of hulking prisoners along with them, their delight surpassed all bounds. Get into me a habit with us, fellers, declared Giraffe proudly. Why, we just can't take a little stall any more without bumping up against a pair of bad men. Who needs attention? Don't blame us. We just couldn't help it. Bumpus, bless his whole heart, was looking as fine as a peach. Nothing at all like the woebegone, half-starved tenderfoot who's left the camp had expected to gaze upon him if indeed they were lucky enough to ever see him in the flesh once more. With a beaming face he came along, his gun slung over his back by the heavy cord that had come in so handy when the grizzly chased him up a tree, and as he walked, Bumpus had both hands up to his mouth, making sounds that would do credit to any horn, and behold, the burden of the air, as the shouting scouts recognized, was low. The conquering hero comes. Sound the trumpets, beat the drums. Such a great time as they had, shaking Bumpus by the hand, pounding him on the back, and telling him again and again how lucky he ought to consider himself he had such good and loyal chums ever ready to go out and search for the unfortunate, and bring them home again safely. And Bumpus never once lifted upon his voice in protestations or boastings, simply grinned through it all, and kept one eye on Thad, who finally, thinking it was time the fellows were made aware of the true state of the affairs, called out, Show you what you got, Bumpus. Imagine the great surprise, bordering on consternation, of Bob and Davy and Smithy, when the fat tenderfoot fished in his pocket and held up something. The foot of a bobcat, as sure as I live, ejaculated Davy Jones. Did you kill it, Bumpus? asked Smithy, awed by the very thought. That said so, and he knows, was what Bumpus remarked. And then, with an even wider grin, he fished down in another pocket this time holding up some bulky articles that made the three camp guardians fairly gasp for breath. Grizzly bear, claws, great Jehoshaphats! You don't mean to say that you found a bear, Bumpus, and actually bagged him? cried Davy Jones. Did I, Thad? You saw where I left him, replied the wonderful one. You sure nailed him good and hard, Bumpus, even if it did take ten shots or more, fired into him from a tree. If anybody has a right to say he killed the bear all by himself, fair and square, Bumpus has, and here are three more truthful witnesses who will testify the same way. 
with which Thad waved his arms around to take in Stephen, Allen, and Giraffe, all of whom put up a right hand and gravely nodded approval of his words. And even that ain't all, fellers, quoted Giraffe. What would you think if I told you Bumpus had turned the tables on these here two critters who captured him and were making him do all sorts of slave stunts to please themselves? Yes, sirree, took all the shells out of their guns and then grabbed up his own to cover them. When we saw him do it all, there ain't any mistake. If you doubt me, ask Hank thar. Mechanically, the downing ones turned toward the big timber cruiser who was playing his little game of appealing to be very contrite and sorry so as to be let off easily, made a wry face and remarked, This what Fatty did to us. He gave us up the biggest surprise of our lives, fear and me. That's the time we fooled ourselves. He caught us all, all right, and I ain't going no kicking. A coming unless so be it he wants to pay me back that way, which I don't think he'd be the case, because he's too fine a feller to be revengeful-like. I want to take hands with you again, sir, said Bob White, the southern boy as he pushed up to Bumpus, and right now let me take back everything I ever said about your being a poor tenderfoot. I reckon, sir, a heap of the rest of us scouts will have to sit at your feet and take a few lessons on how to do it. While cat a bear and capturing a couple of, what are they, Thad, pirates, or just plain hold-up men? That's going some for even a first-class scout. Just as Bob says, we take off our hats to you, chum Bumpus, and now while dinner is cooking, just gather around the fire and tell us the whole bloomin' story. Saying which, Davy led the return hero of the occasion to seat of honor. The story was all told all over again, both during the eating of the meal and afterwards. In fact, it took almost two hours to get most of the facts out. Then they concluded to hold the prisoners until next morning, when they would be breaking camp to head into the valleys of the Rocky Mountains the tops of which reared themselves in great granite masses against the western sky. We'll probably have a good enough time the rest of our vacation out here, said Giraffe, later on, but you can be sure we'll never again see such a string of exciting adventures as fell to our lot, and that of Bumpus when he was hunting through the big timber for a bear, and the rest of us searching for a lost tenderfoot scout. But Giraffe was really mistaken when he ventured to make this prophecy for it was written that the members of the Silver Fox Patrol were to meet with still another series of mishaps and adventures before they left for home. What these were, and how cleverly Thad and his chumps carried themselves under trying conditions, will be set down in the pages of the next volume in this series, now ready under the title of The Boy Scouts in the Rockies, or, or The Secret of the Hidden Silver Mine. That very evening, who should come along but Toby Smathers himself? He has been ranging through that section, really, to find out what Hank Dodge and Pierre Laporte were doing. And seeing the camp, he hastened to join the scouts, feeling a longing for human company. Thad liked the forest ranger right from the start, and was very much pleased when the others agreed to go with them as a guide during the balance of their time expected to spend in the Rockies, several weeks at least. Tony Smathers gave the two men to understand that their every movement was being watched by agents of the aroused government. The Interior Department was determined to put an end to timber stealing on a large scale by men who had grown enormously rich in the business. Hank and Pierre professed to be alarmed, and when they went away in the morning to get their guns, which Thad had left ten miles off, they declared they were going to reform and either go to the mines or else emigrate to British Columbia. 
but said toby smathers they ain't gonna do it mark me them critters are cut out for jailbirds and they'll either bring up thar or else die with their boots on well but all i hope is said thad as he gave mike the pack mule a touch with the whip to start him moving that we never cross their trail again end of chapter twenty seven recording by kenneth sergeant gagan end of the boy scouts through the big timber by herbert carter